everyone. Welcome to episode 96 of Jen and Millie, where a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. Good to see you, Tess. Good to see you, Allie. I'm grateful, as always, for your adaptability um, in the dynamic flexibility and change of technology. I forgot my microphone back in Nebraska and my headphones. So Tess was willing to give this a try and we've been trying to do some sound adjustments. So I hope our listeners will also be uh, patient with us. I went back to Nebraska and during, I think I got in Friday, Thursday night late and Friday night I recorded with Jamie and Chad for the stories chapter. It is probably one of the most energy giving conversations I've ever had. Mm -hmm. Um, it was all about music, how they met, uh, their love story is truly based in, in music. And it was like being around people who get me and I get them. And so we, we planned this uh, podcast as, as you know, um, I started the stories chapter this year and I've interviewed Cal, a featured teammates, and then Jamie and Chad were my next adventure and went in, you know, giving them some prompts, two hours of content. And I didn't want to stop. And when I went back to the recording, I didn't want to cut anything. So I cut just a little bit. So for those of you who follow me, um, on Instagram and follow the stories chapter, uh, it is a long podcast, but it is worth every, every second. Uh, their storytelling is really great, especially if you're a music lover, there's actually even a playlist that plays in the background. And this is the first, the first stories chapter that will have an accompanying playlist that that honors the interview it's that chad is working on yeah so um it really actually inspired uh what i hope that we talk about today because um it was a great opportunity for me to be in what i'm practicing as radical honesty and awareness um as i mentioned last time i started i'm on week five uh, chapter five of doing the work, how to do the work by Nicola Para. It is really, really hard. It is very intense. Um, and I'm doing a lot of writing and reflection and a lot of discipline. Mm -hmm. And I am learning about trauma and how we show up. I hope that you will, if you haven't yet read this book, okay. there's a whole section that she talks about having very little memories of childhood no way and why i'm not i'm not going to give it away but the why behind that and i i practically jumped out of my seat i was like tess um can i but the, can it's I so much it? yeah so, like my therapist told me that it was because i had like the safety and comfort where I didn't have any of these extreme experiences that marked time. So I didn't go through any trauma. I didn't go through any significant changes. Like my biggest markers of time are like when we move from one house to the next and when, mm -hmm. and then, it, and then into high school is like my first like major markers of time. I, well, I'm not going to give it away because I, I want you to do the work. I will read you to book. do the work. Okay. I just was curious. But there's so something different. Like so many different there's so many pathways. Mm -hmm. There's so many pathways to understanding trauma. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And trauma's relative, as we've talked about many times here. But she explores some different types of trauma that I think you'll be fascinated by. But the other piece is I am learning so much about the neuro pathways, these paved roads that I so naturally. Mm-hmm. Well, what the hell is going on in your background? I'm so sorry, everybody. It is the last day of finals week some people are out celebrating and i live on a busy street and we are just i was thinking i was like here on the plains in your background so everyone you're just joining us for a conversation where we both live in cities and near airports and so i want to be there so badly i want to be there so badly sorry i had to just totally name that um i didn't even really because when i I was like listening like oh yes do the work when I listen back, I, I always hear the things that are happening and I'm like, oh, there's there's the bells. Oh, what time is it? Um, so I wanted to acknowledge that. All right. Anyway, back to um, the book. These neuro pathways that we have are well-paved roads of our responses to stress, um, our responses in relationships. Um, it's fascinating to me that we as humans, and when I say we, I mean me, me as a human, that I would choose kind of hearkening back to Hootie. And by the way, my goodness, have I heard from a lot of people who like Hootie. I am so sorry to have put the Hootie Collective, to have labeled the Hooties. I am so sorry. Um, but that I would put myself in a place of emotional unavailability and choose that. It's because it's a well-worn path in my life. I grew up without having emotional attachment from my parents and and primary caregivers. Um, I did not receive affection um, or attention from my my primary caregivers. And it's like a light bulb has gone off for me. I'm like, oh, and that's why I choose emotionally unavailable people. Oh, interesting. But um, you, you'll love this um, in the way that she talks about really the science of the brain and also our body. So anyway, as I've been doing the work, I'm writing about Jamie and Chad, and I just straight up owned that I have abundance, abundant jealousy for what they have. Mm. It is a love story that is that began in music continues in music. If you don't listen to the whole thing, I would encourage you to listen to the very beginning where they do word association. That's how I get people warmed up. They did word association. And when I use the word love, they both instantaneously to us said each other's names. And you can hear me in the recording. I'm just so, I'm startled. There's a beat, there's a note, there's a pause. And then there's a surprise guest, their daughter, Kate, who comes on and um, talks a little bit about music, but most importantly, talks about her plan as a world leader to make three-day weekends a thing. Very powerful from an elementary student. Mm -hmm. And then she leaves and you hear Chad talk about being a, a dad to a powerful, thoughtful daughter he ties in the relationship with his mom. So that's somewhere in the middle. And then in the end, the way that they talk about music is language and storytelling. So if you don't listen to the whole thing, be certain to do middle um, or beginning, middle and end. So the whole thing. But in right, 
If, yeah, sure, if just skip if you need thing, to. Just the middle. Listen to the whole everything thing. Everything in the middle and then the end of it. Like, just listen to the damn thing. It'll take it'll take two hours out of your day, but you'll be glad. Um, but I, in the radical honesty of naming my feelings, naming how I actually felt, mm-hmm. it's envy mm-hmm. that I have always longed for that kind of mutual respect in a relationship and um, a love story that begins in music. And it's helped me to, to name, you know, that's, that's what I wish for and, and that's what's, what I still hope for. There's a part in the podcast where I say that I'm kind of, I've lost hope around love. And Jamie is wearing a shirt that on the, it's all about hope. And then on the back, it says, you know, it's a quote about being hopeful. And I'm reminded because of their story that I can have hope. And that prompted me to what I reached out with you today. I think, you know, we often talk about strengths and we talk about where they're in balcony, basement, nobody likes that language anymore, Um, out of balance, in balance, that kind of thing. But I've also been thinking about recovery strategies and stress management and the natural pathways that some of our strengths protect one another. They, They almost are built-in recovery or built-in protection for other strengths. And so very rarely do I give Tess a heads up on what we're gonna talk about, but I knew that this would be something that I wanted her to have some think time. Yes, okay, but also, I will put a note in there that what you're giving yourself so much grace. You literally texted me like maybe four hours ago to say, hey, let's talk about this this afternoon. So like, that's your idea of a heads up. I just want to clarify for guests, my intellection that wants like a couple days to sit on something, to journal about it. Yeah, I got a text this morning about what we were talking about this afternoon. So just but, but most of the time, yeah. most of the time I, it is. I don't it is. even. I do want to say yes, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I am not done thinking through it. So I will still have some verbal processing because generally that's not enough time for something like that. But I just love how you were building it up. It's like, I did this. I like gave her the prompt ahead of time. You gave it to me like in the morning of. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> in my attempt to be more thoughtful of other people's needs, um, I did try to think about it at least a few hours in advance. Yes, which I appreciate. I will give you that. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> I also tried to warn you that I forgot my mic, left my mic at home, left my headphones at home. I tried to tell you that right away. So mm-hmm. I am learning that adaptability doesn't mean just throw shit at me. It means be thoughtful about how Tess may walk in this dynamic of change. Um, so. Today's episode is going to be full of truth-telling, shooting straight, being honest. Um, I want to be... I often... Hello, car that's going by. Oh, yeah, sorry. I often, I often dance around um, what I really want to say, and I sometimes am vague because I think it's protecting someone. When in actuality, the more direct I can be, the better. Great follow-up, we should have some time on what happened with Hootie and how I set up a really solid boundary and said, you know what, I'm, I won't deal with poor communication. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah. Um, which is pretty rare for me. I usually have a tendency to be like, oh, okay, 
I'll make this work, but I think no longer. It, though, I do want to ask, I know you're still in the prelude to all of this, but I think part of your reason you are vague as well is because not just to protect people is that you're one of the blind spots is your communication assumes that everyone gets the read between the lines situations and not everyone does mm -hmm. not everyone has high communication <laughs> not everyone can read between the lines and so you're right the more direct you can be the better not just for the sake of like you don't need to protect others that's not your job also for the sake of like not everyone has that high of communication. So not everyone is picking up what you're dropping down here, Allie. Like, and so I think like that's part of the, the other component that I wanted to point out. Well, and in full transparency, um, the person that I will primarily share about this example um, today, um, I know that he listens. Okay. And so Wow, that was a perfect car honk right there. Um, uh, uh, he, Here we go. Yeah, you're just like, he listens. Just all over the place. <laughs> so I know that he listens, and that in the past has made me <laughs> want to censor myself. I can't even make up these. It's like you have, you have, have a, like a, a sound, sound booth that I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So every time I'm going to say his name, every time I go to say his name, I hope that you like honk it out. Um, so I do know that he listens and that's probably made me a little bit more hesitant. I also know that the people in my life who are close to me also listen. Um, and I have struggled to name the challenges of this, um, this situation and, and I, I know that he listens. I also know that people close to me who know of the situation listen, but I probably haven't been as transparent as I maybe should be because I can tend to be vague, assuming that people know. I've also found it easier, you know, when a relationship ends, it's really uh, easy to assume somebody did something bad or yeah. um, making a villain out of, the person or, um, and I will own that there've been a couple scenarios where I may have done that. And part of doing the work is really owning your, your piece in that. So what I wanted to talk about today is, um, how strengths have helped other strengths during times of struggle. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to use music as my example. And, you know, feel free to, to call out other strengths, um, obviously, but you'll be really proud of one that I'm going to name. So um, I started seeing Matt in July of 2020, and I met him uh, through a mutual friend. Didn't meet him in person, um, but actually uh, learned about him through a mutual friend. He lives here in Denver. I was, you know, back in Nebraska at that time. And the way that we were introduced was over conversation. Um, like, I mean, I'll be fair. Everybody was drinking at the time. And um, my friend Abby was like, well, what, you, what do you want me to ask him? And I said, what's, what's your favorite Stone song? Fully expecting, you know, like brown sugar or some, you know, easy answer um the regular easy and he came back with um can't hear me knocking which is 
like one of my all time favorites. And I kind of, you know, I turned and looked at her like, Hmm, that's interesting. And I'm not kidding at the same exact time as we're sitting in this bar, that song was playing. And my friend Kim heard it and she was like, do you hear this? And I said, no, what? And then I listened in and it was actually that song. And so on the drive home back to Nebraska, my friend Jeremy said to me, you can't ignore that. You know, like that's Allison kind of destiny around music. Um, he said, are you going to text that guy? And I said, no. And he's like, mm, you should, you should. And I did. And a whole nother episode of what a, you know, Allison dating needs a GoPro. I sent like a, I sent a meme of uh, a Molly Shannon. It, it, it would just, anyway, <laughs> miracles happen. And he actually responded and we almost immediately started talking about music. And the basis of our relationship started in distance and shared music. Um, we had kind of rituals around sharing music and um, best practices around sharing music. And it was really, uh, it was so energetic for me. Like I was like, ooh, I have found a person who can hold um, space with me musically, intellectually, um, all those things. So we started a playlist that um, I believe now is well over 13 hours long, but we started a playlist back then and we had qualifiers for whether or not the song could make it to the playlist, a shared playlist. Okay. I mean, it's right out of an Allison mm -hmm. uh, sitcom slash rom-com slash um, this is the kind of story I want. Your book, um, your book title I, would be Love is a Mixtape. Uh-huh already taken by Rob Sheffield, but yes. Um, and I'll, and I'll get to why, why that is important. Thank you for naming that. I, when the relationship ended, uh, I, I was really, uh, gosh, Matt, I know you're listening. I was really hurt. I, I was really hurt and I didn't take it very well. Um, timing was, pretty shitty. Um, to be fair, his approach was even shittier. Um, but I, I was hurt and a little bit lost. And I kept thinking about like, I don't, I don't want to lose this energy. So my communication and connectedness were honored with Matt and I and, and our playlist. And then my empathy at the end of the relationship was full of hard emotion and not just hard emotion for me. I was, I mean, I felt bad. I knew it was a difficult decision for him too. Mm -hmm. Um, so my, my communication connectedness and then my empathy all in not a good place. Mm -hmm. And after, you know, some time of sadness and, you know, lots of Kleenex and, you know, some anger, like I was just going to throw that playlist away. Um, I didn't, thankfully. Um, I saw how my strategic stepped up to help. And I sat down one day and I wrote out, what are all of the qualities that I really loved about my relationship with Matt? What are all the qualities about Matt that I appreciated? What were the dynamics of the relationship? And what were those energy gains that I could somehow replicate? 
And um, that is how Music Notes was born. It came from a place of struggle and challenge and heart hurt. But I knew I wanted to share music with people and I knew I wanted to continue that energy. Matt reintroduced me to what I would call one of my one true loves, um, which is music. He reintroduced me to the playlist, the the sequence, the um, the importance of the melody, the lyrics, and and how you put that together, um, the importance of sharing that with others, and so that's how music notes. My entire year of writing came to be. It came from a place of struggle, but I recognize that like my strategic almost came forward as a protector of me but a protector of the empathy, the connectedness and the communication, that these were talents of mine, but we could have them directed and reframed in a different way that could still benefit the greater good. Um, it also absolutely a thousand percent led to my conversation with Jamie and Chad, the, the most recent podcast that I did. Um, Matt is not the villain. Um, he is actually a, a person that I tremendously trust in his advice and in his perspective. And although the relationship ended, he has never not once not been there for me, particularly in some really difficult times. Um, and he has encouraged me a thousand percent to keep writing and to keep tying back to music and has encouraged me to do additional podcasts um, with music. And I think that's maybe one of the reasons that he listens in is to know that I'm still doing what I love and, and using my voice in a meaningful way. But I saw how my strategic, those new pathways of sharing music and my positivity yeah. came in with Jamie and Chad. It's almost as if my strengths have these nuances and variances, these muscles that we don't use mm -hmm. until we need them. Yeah. And I don't know that I ever really named and gave credit to some of those talents that are up there in my, my, my 10 coming to the rescue mm -hmm. when I chose to use them as tools. They, they came to my aid so that empathy could take a break and be sad and connectedness and, and communication could be used in a different pathway. So to wrap a bow on this, this morning, um, as you know, I am a beloved fan of this um, cool little um, podcast called Super Awesome Mix. It's, um, they put together mixtapes and this was their post today on, on Instagram. Music can be a time bomb throwing you back into a period of pain and suffering in your life, whether it was loss, heartache, stress, anxiety, sickness, whatever you were listening to then can call you back at any time and make you think that you're right back there. And I'm going to pause a second before I go next to that. For the longest time, I couldn't listen to the playlist. It was so hard for me. I have listened to it in its entirety now, and I, I hear the story that it tells and how it unfolds. Okay, that's my little interjection going back to this post from Super Awesome Mix. I'm learning to realize that this is just my story and this is the soundtrack to my story. And my story always ends with me in this exact moment. And I gotta say, I really like this moment. Mm 
There's been this fear I've had of playing music from a bad relationship. Songs that held lyrics that wrapped me in comfort, a loving storyline I told myself I was living, and then it became poison. How could the same song that once brought me joy bring me such pain, make me feel small? We say music is life. Well, life is messy, unpredictable, chaotic, but also beautiful. That relationship with all its heartache and noise also brought me here today. And today is a beautiful day. I am grateful for that chaotic sound now, that stormy part of my life, because without the storm to knock my boat off course, I wouldn't have found this beautiful island I now call home. probably one of the quickest, uh, rawest, realest way that I've ever told the story of how I got here. Um, and um, I'm abundantly grateful for that. And I, I talked about this vaguely in the last couple of episodes, how my getting here has had huge ripple effects. Mm -hmm. My being here um, has had impact on a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm very grateful for the fact that someone believed in me enough to say, hey, you should try. Hey, you should, um, you should be here, you should give it a go. Mm -hmm. And there were lots of people that did, but um, I'm also very grateful for the music that led to this. That's good. It's good to think about the fact that I think when you first presented me with this question, I had a, you know, a few hours ago, I had a few, I had a hard time answering it outright because I first had to take a look at which of my strengths like push the out of balance what do i take too much of or have too much functioning in my life and i had to start there to then take a look at what reels me back in like what is the balancer but that to me i had to process it based on what throws me out of balance most frequently mm. and i think all of our mm. strengths have the ability to throw us out of balance at some point in time, right? Too much of a good thing is too much, right? And it can become a bad thing, um, you know, if we get too much of it. And so your empathy is a superpower. Your woo is a superpower, right? But too much of it, using it as a coping mechanism, being dragged into it fully without something to balance it out, you're right, is negative. And so I, I'm really glad that you named your empathy and you named your connectedness as things that threw you out of balance or you needed strategic and positivity to reel you back in. Um, mm -hmm. I think we, I love your connectedness. It's so easy to spot, but I don't think we've ever talked about it as something that what happens when a brain that makes connections thinks everything is serendipitous. What happens when that serendipity falls through, <laughs> right? Or it doesn't come to pass. And that's what you had to reckon with, right? And it was your strategic to say, okay, this path that I thought was fate, that I thought was the music God smiling upon me, right? Whatever it was, right? However you rationalized it from that perspective, what happens 
when the practicality of life gets in the way and things don't turn out the way I thought fate had designed them to turn out. And I think that's a really good, I appreciate your honesty so much in that. I mean, I feel like you're always a, an honest person, but I feel like the very details of naming that was very helpful walking us back through it. We have, you know, we definitely process through hard things together on the podcast, but I think when we're in the midst of it, we have an easier time or we, we name, we have an easier time making it generalizable or vague. And then we can talk about it more in detail in retrospect, but you walked us through the details of it kind of as it was unfolding as you shared it. And I think I really, I really appreciate that. I personally knew some of those, a lot of those details, but I think your reflection of them from a strength perspective was really helpful. Well, and I think for me, um, part of doing the work is, is kind of recognizing some of these stories and some of these narratives and the part that I play, but also, um, forgiveness is my superpower that I rush right into. I'm learning that I have to better understand and sometimes understanding takes time. I am a better me as a result of that relationship, even though it ended and even though the ending was hard. And I believe I have a better friendship with him as a result because there's probably more mutual respect now than there ever could have been at the height of it. And um, that is really important for me as a human. it's always my hope to to leave people's situations better than than I found them. For the longest time, I was pissed, mm-hmm. and that wasn't leaving any situation better. Um, but it took some time and it took some reflection. And and what better way for it to kind of come up and and um, resurface or reframe than through music? <clears throat> yeah, for sure, for sure. It's so good. Crazy, crazy. Um, okay, so as I have been thinking today, I was thinking about the things that get out of balance first um, in order to figure out what reels me back into balance. And I, I think my thinking themes have a way of taking over, especially in this context where my brain is my job and you know, it always has been that, but especially now, especially here. Um, so, you know, I, today, I, I mean, I sit for my last final in like an hour and a half. Um, and, um, then I'm done with my first year, which seems so bizarre to be here. Like, I just feel like I was just starting. Um, but yay, celebrate that for a moment. Um, but this past, the past couple weeks between, you know, two final, you know, papers, projects, exams, additional projects, this final exam I'm studying for. Um, I presented at Howard's Research Symposium, which was so much fun, but that was a whole thing because you're judged and you're in front of the university and all of this. So that was a lot of preparation and hard work. I have an additional class. Like there's just a lot of, you know, research project that we're trying to get off the ground and started that we've been working on for a while. So it just like the last couple weeks, everything has come to a culmination. Yet I, this has probably been the finals week in all of my academic career where I felt the felt the least amount of stress and 
so that is what I first reflected on, right, which is not your question, which is like a backing away from the backing away of the question. Um, because then it made me think about previous finals weeks where I've been stressed and really felt that stress and taken it on. And it has when it has been those moments of extreme out of balance has been when I haven't honored my relationship building strengths. And so I think for me, my relationship building strengths are what saves me, are what reels me back in. Because where it's kind of opposite for you, right? Where that becomes your default, so you get too much of that. When I get stressed or have a lot on my plate, I just hunker down and I, I get to work. I sit and I think and I don't make time to connect with people. And I, there've been some like shifts in my friend group and just in my life here in general, in my relationships um, and connections that I have. And I have wanted to seize those opportunities. So I have intentionally spent more time with people and gone and done more things and made time for what I love to do. And, um, you know, making like a summer bucket list with friends here in DC. And, you know, I was supposed to yesterday, long story, I was supposed to be in New York for a day trip yesterday to celebrate the end of the semester, but some guy ran into an electricity pole and downed all trains on the East Coast and it was a whole hot mess. And so I ended up getting like, I ended up getting like terminated in Philadelphia and I had to turn right back around and come back to DC. So I'm going next week, but like those types of things where I'm like, see an opportunity, seize it, or make these opportunities to be really present and honor honor those elements. And even fall semester of this year, as well as in previous finals craziness in, you know, all of my years in school, I have never enjoyed the end of the semester as much as I've enjoyed this semester. Um, and it's because of my relationship building strengths. I'm honoring them. I'm spending time with people. I'm studying in groups instead of thinking oh I could just get through this quicker if I did it by myself or you know those sorts of elements and so so that's a very roundabout way to go about and answer that question but I just kept thinking like I am just loving my life right now and I'm and I'm like in the middle of finals week like I sit for a final in an hour and a half and I'm like well, of course, that's a great time to record Jen and Millie. <laughs> like that seems, you know, <laughs> probably you have no idea when we started, but you know, those sorts of things. And so I think, I think my strategic thinking themes take over, and that's the too much of the extreme that leads to my imbalance. Oftentimes, like I retreat into my head, and what saves me is people in relationship pulling me out and going to grab a drink and having coffee and having a glass of wine after studying for four hours, so on and so forth. So this is so, okay, two things I notice all the time. I never finish a damn sentence, and you say interesting a lot. I was just about to say this is so interesting. I need a better word. Fascinating. (laughs) Fascinating. I use that word all the time, too. Elucidating. Adaptability. Adaptability is a relationship-building theme. Yeah, it is. And I constantly, constantly use as an example of why I think it's bullshit that those four domains exist because I could make a case for every single all 34 themes in each of those domains and I always use I always use adaptability as an example I'm like they even label adaptability as a relationship building theme like what the hell however your example is exactly that because it's about being present Mm -hmm. it's about 
I would say even the modification gift that you have in knowing you need a dynamic environment change, yeah. that when you stay stuck in too much of your, your thinking themes, it's actually adaptability is a relationship building pathway that gets you out of that funk or out of that routine and that repetition that is in the, I'm up here in my brain. Your learner is always on. It's, it's always on. But I think that even feeds the adaptability as a relationship building theme. Mm-hmm. Like your learner says, okay, I know stuck. Remember what stuck is? How do we get out of stuck? Yeah, that plus and is like, how do I, mm-hmm. I know that this is not going to bring about my best self. So then my adaptability strategically kicks in to say, here are the alternative pathways, you know, or here is, you know, even like, like yesterday, for example, it's 80 degrees here in DC. And so I was studying most of the day um, or after I like the whole train debacle. And I was like, well, I kind of had, you know, made this whole day to be like a, a day of a break I'm done with the semester basically um, and so when I got back um, I uh, ended up hopping on office hours you know to and ended up doing some work but then I was like gosh it's just such a great day and I feel like my mind will be clearer if I just like get out and move so I went and I like walked to the White House and back you know in the 80 degree weather and it was so nice and it was like you know a chunk of the day in the afternoon but it was like okay I know that I learn better I retain information when I move and I want to take advantage of the nice weather that's outside. It was like the contextual factors, but also my own personal factors of what brings about the best self for me. And that context is is ever present. And I, I think um, sure. I'm always so lucky to witness that because it is in my lesser talents. And it's, it's one that's harder for me to find. Mm-hmm. Yet I can see how... It serves you. It's like, it's truly like the card catalog of been here before, pull this card. I know I need to make this modification, which again is honoring to your, your learner and strategic. So I, I wanted to be able to talk about this because we do talk about imbalance, out of balance. And I think sometimes we think, oh, we need to heal that strength or rest that strength when there are moments that we can lean in on something in our top five, but use it in a different way. I mean, it was with intentionality that I sat down. I'm just recognizing too, that was also my communication to sit down and write out what I appreciated about my relationship with Matt and what I could still create energetically Mm -hmm. that would still feel like, um, love Mm -hmm. my my love of music has been so enhanced by his presence that i was like i I don't want to stop that i don't want to end that so instead of me you know sending him music or putting music on our our shared playlist i started putting it out to to my subscribers and i started thinking about ways to share it i started a shared playlist with my kids um I started getting a lot more thoughtful about the playlists I was creating. Uh, started one for Katie. Um, I I just think there's avenues that when we stop, pause for a second, 
and get out of our own way that our strengths can enhance the best of us Mm -hmm. and enhance our talent and gift our talent to others. But we have to be willing to take a look at the narrative, to take a look at the um, framework in which we're approaching whatever situation. Absolutely. Um, You do that naturally when you are thinking about, okay, I need a break from this. I need to connect. I need to build and act within my relationship building themes. And I do the opposite. I'm too much in the heart and I need to get back up in the head. Yeah. That's good. I know. I think, um, when we use the language of like turning down a strength or tempering a strength or, um, uh, tame it in our name it, claim it, name it, aim it, claim it, tame it, name it, claim it, aim it, tame it, um, line, right? I think implicitly we're also turning up other strengths. We just haven't necessarily talked about it in that way as what strength comes in, you know, what, what's the exact wording you used when you texted me? It was like, which one, you know, which ones help balance, right? Like that term balance. Mm-hmm. Um, that naturally happens, right? Because something is going to fill that void of whatever energy, however we were exerting that, right? So if we, you temper down your woo, something else is going to pop up in that place to drive your social energy. It's going to go about it in a different way because it's a different strength, right? But I think there's, there's a lot of beauty in reframing it in terms of what can you intentionally pull up? Like it's basically an, an aiming in order to tame, right? Like here is what I'm going Mm -hmm. to pull up as, oh yeah, I have this other superpower that would help to balance this situation where I'm out of balance. Um, and I'm going to intentionally aim it, you know, that's in my mind, the, the end goal of really being well-developed and well-versed in your strengths is to be able to say, okay, something's not right here. I need to tame this strength or I need to do whatever. Something's out of balance. So how can I intentionally aim my other strengths, um, in order to get to that point? Um, I think it takes recognition not only of what tends to be out of balance the most but I think the things that get out of balance are also our low-hanging fruit when it comes to like our tools and our tool belt right they're the things that are easiest to grasp for us so for me that's learner right like I grasp my learner and it's easy and it's you know quick to be able to to grab um, my empathy is a little harder to grab because it's nine. It's, it takes a little more effort and energy to do that. Um, it takes a little more effort and energy to use input. You know, I'm like, I'd much rather go deeper, but there are times where I need to sit and, and go, you know, wider, you know, and go further, um, than deeper. (laughs) And so I think it's just a different way to talk about the same principles that I feel like we always talk about, Mm -hmm. right. To use slightly different language, but it has really made, obviously, still, I'm still verbally processing as you're wit- giving witness to right now because I haven't really processed this because you did give me advance notice, but not, not enough advance notice for my election. But but yet you do it brilliantly <laughs> when you verbally process. Um, well, I was thinking about how we did the, you know, um, head, heart, gut. And I was also thinking about love languages. I'm also learning a ton around attachment styles. Yeah. And if you aren't yet familiar with that field of psychology, wowza, um, strengths and attachment styles. Wowza. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Um, and I, I'm learning how to name some of these things. And so 
it's, it's not just, you know, we always talk about this. Your strengths are not labels. They're not meant to define you. Um, you know, we factor in, these are, these are sitting neutral until we decide to invest in them and use them as, as talent superpowers, but also the way that they blend with some of these other neuro pathways, like our attachment styles, our love language, um, our experiences, our values, our um, goals. Mm -hmm. When we use strengths as additional language to not just better understand ourselves, but to extend these conversations so that people have the opportunity to better understand how they show up as well, you know, that's what gives this broader enhancement of this tool. Um, there were people who loved, loved music notes. And I didn't want to tell them that it was born from a place of hurt. You know, I, I, I didn't want to admit that because I thought it would somehow taint the, the image of, of this fun little side thing that I was doing. I just keep getting back to radical truth telling, radical honesty, and first and foremost, being honest with myself. That's good. I think that's a, um, the fact that you, that's a barrier of woo and positivity is a blend. Like, why, why wouldn't, I mean, like, and so in my mind, I'm like, why wouldn't you tell, you know, I'm like, some of the greatest songs ever written were from Heartbreak. Right. So why, like in my mind, I'm like, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you share that this came from a place of hurt and heartbreak and loss, you know? Well, I, I'd like to answer that. I am really busy trying to look like a badass, which also comes from a place of hurt, which also comes from a place of trying to protect myself. My journey to where I am right now has been a series of hard things that I didn't want to name, that I didn't want to admit, that I didn't want to act as if a heart thing got in the way of my life so much that it tripped me up. <clears throat> I am now in a place where I can own that and you know maybe even celebrate that, but I'm, I'm busy over here trying to be a badass and trying to look like a badass and trying to tell myself I'm a badass. So the moments of vulnerability, which I know I teach and preach, but the moments of vulnerability are so hard. They are so hard. Thank you, Brene, for reminding me all the time. The, it is so difficult for me to courageously stand in truth. It's easier for me to say vaguely, yeah, yeah, and I got here. It's harder for me to admit and own that. And the funny thing that when I am honest about it, people will say, well, of course. Yeah. Well, like they know it. And I, I think I'm over here <laughs> showing or telling a different story. And y'all can see right through me, yeah. those who know me well. But I also think that what it's helped me to understand is that uh, trauma is relative. Mm -hmm. Struggles are relative. Um, hurdles are relative and it's become even more important to me to practice kindness because of that. Mm. Everyone is walking around with some hard things. Yeah. yeah. 
I think um, I'm going to call you up a bit here so I don't, I hope this <laughs> lands well. Um, surprise. Surprise. I think you have a shallow definition of what a badass is. And I think it is conflictual with how you define your strengths. So your concept of being a badass is actually limiting what makes you a badass. Your empathy, your woo, your social superpowers, these things, like being a badass is telling the truth, is being honest in who you are without reservation, without inhibitions, without the life limiting paradigms and expectations of the world. Like that's the most badassery thing a person can do is be themselves while not letting the world temper that. Right. And your concept of being a badass is like strength or or something. Right. And you're defining that as being emotionally unavailable and not telling the truth about your own experience. Can we get a visual of a mic drop? (laughs) I mean, that's all I kept thinking. Can we get a background noise of that? Whatever. It's like that's all I kept thinking as you were saying that. I'm like, what is? Why does being a badass mean you can't be vulnerable? Like Brene tells us that that is the hardest thing to do. Which like if you then define, the neuro, you know, badassery is like the neuro, doing the hard thing. It's then being honest and vulnerable. So the neuro pathways that are well paved for Allison Horn are perfectionism. They are uh, strength is not showing emotion. I, I grew up being told that my crying was a problem. Mm-hmm. Crying was a problem in general. You're so emotional. Oh my God, are you crying again? And then I lived with, I, I lived in homes where the dominant personality was very much about limiting my emotion, that my anger was a problem. My frustration was a problem. My honesty was a problem. My truth-telling was a problem. So I have this well-worn road of thinking badassery and strength Mm -hmm. is in limited emotion. And you are exactly right, Tess. Um, not Not only did I need to hear that, I'll need to hear it again. Um, you know, I may take that little clip and put it in my voice recording so that I can hear it again and again. Um, it's part of the reason I'm, I'm doing the work that I'm doing right now. I don't just need to have radical truth telling coming out of my heart and mind and mouth. I need it from others. Yeah. So thank you for that. Everyone needs a truth teller in their life and they need a context in which they can tell the truth, right? So, and and not everyone's in a place where they can do that in all situations at all time nor receive it, but um, yeah, everyone needs that. So, you know, I'm, I'm always going to tell you the truth. <laughs> you know, I'm always going <laughs> to, this is a context in which we can do that. Oh my gosh. Okay. So what do we want to challenge listeners with? I would like them to think of a story from their life, um, can be recent, can be way back into, into their past where there's been hurt or there's been, um, heartbreak or there's been frustration and name the strengths that came in as a surprise that may have helped them get through that, that they haven't yet even named or discovered or recognized. Um, 
I would encourage people to do that. I was absolutely stunned. I'm always stunned that anybody listens to this, but I was absolutely stunned at the hootie backlash. And I would like to publicly acknowledge that (laughs) Darius Rucker is a, a phenomenal, phenomenally talented musician. Um, maybe not my jam. I was using it as a reference point for how long or infrequent it had been that the person who attended the concert with me had gone to an actual concert. Um, so I, I just want to do a little disclaimer uh, for legal reasons. Legal um, reasons. <laughs> Can we consult with our legal team? Yeah, consult with our legal um, team. Also, also, Hootie, if you're listening, I'm sorry. You can come and serenade me with hold my hand anytime. Um, but I do want our listeners to hearken back to a time of, of hurt. It may be hard to go there. And it may be even harder to name strengths that helped you get through it or came in as protection for other strengths or balanced out somewhere in your top five. Um, But I think it's a great thing to ponder. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. I think that's good. I'm excited to hear people's responses. So we will go with that as a fun action item. And we cannot wait to hear what you all have to share with us. Um, So with that being said, thank you everyone for tuning in to episode 96 of Jen and Millie. If you enjoyed today's conversation, consider sharing this episode with a friend. To interact with us and share the responses to the question and action item that we posed, the best way to do that is to give us a follow on Instagram at Jen and Millie. That's at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-I-E. Until next time.